You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of the Rua Space Podcast. I'm Phil Vestal. And I'm Erin Vestal. And we're really excited that you've joined us as we look to make space for the spirit together. In today's episode, we're going to go in kind of a unique direction. We're going to be sharing a lot from our own story. And October is Infant and Pregnancy Loss Sort of Awareness and Remembrance Month. And today, when we're recording, which is the 15th, is actually you know, the day when many churches and other places will put on sort of remembrance events. Memorial services. Yeah, memorial services. We went to one last year that was a big blessing. And so we wanted to little talk a little bit about our own journey with this this month. And while our story is going to be about pregnancy loss, it really can be applicable for grief in general, for loss in general. So we're going to be talking specifically about our experience. But even if you've never been through such a loss, chances are in your life you've faced grief or loss at some point. And so our hope is that no matter who you are, or what you've been through, or what you're going through right now, or what might be coming up, that in some way this will bless you, even if it's just for how you might speak to someone else who's faced mm-hmm. a significant loss. And so Erin's going to kind of drive this episode a little bit more. Um, so kind of me interviewing her a little bit. So I think the best way for us to start is maybe just share our story a little bit, share kind of what happened and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, so bear with me if I start crying. I do pretty well until I start talking about it and really thinking deep about it. Like it's part of our story that I think we're always aware of being there. But I know for myself personally, I can kind of like keep focusing on the good stuff and, you know, look at our silver linings and kind of keep the hard stuff at bay in my memory sometimes. Just part of me in advance for that. So our story started as a pretty normal one. We had a healthy baby boy and that was our first son. Everything went super great. Uh, not the delivery part so much. That's a separate story. Yeah, you almost story. died. That was pretty scary, but <laughs> um, that's story for a different besides time. Besides that, everything went really well. And so we were excited to uh, give him a brother or sister. And on our time frame, that meant that they were going to be pretty close together. And that was always one of my dreams. Yeah. Having two kids <laughs> close together. I never and had any siblings. So I, have was... a, I have a younger brother who's very close in age to me. So it was something we were just excited about. And when we got pregnant, it was really fast, really easy. And we were really excited. Perfect in the time frame. It was perfect. Oh, gosh. And we told everybody because we were just so excited for everyone to know that this new life was coming. And about eight weeks in, I guess, I find out pretty early, <laughs> about eight weeks in, I was visiting my parents and noticed that some things weren't weren't normal the way my first pregnancy had been well and you're very in tune with your body in general so yes you, you <laughs> maybe of... a little hyper in tune with it um so we were so when we did go to the doctor and we found out that we had lost the baby it was it was devastating 
yeah, I know for me it was that surreal experience of you you hear that that kind of thing happens, but then you're sitting there and they do the ultrasound. And with Timothy, we had, you know, we had seen every, you know, he was always, you know, you know not necessarily moving, but you saw the heartbeat. Yeah, you you, know saw, you could see the blood flow. And in this one, we just knew right before the doctor even pointed it out, we're like, that doesn't look right. So I think what blew me away is I wasn't aware at that point in my life that you could grieve somebody that you had never met that deeply. And it was a very, very dark and hard place for me. Um, One thing that we really learned was everybody grieves differently. And boy, I, I cried and I was angry at God and I really wrestled because I think I had understood God from a framework of if I do good things and I'm a good person, then things will work out really well for me. Which, of course, now I look back and I say, wow, I had really hook, line, and sinkered that prosperity gospel that we have in America. But I didn't know that's really what I had set my beliefs on no in fact i at the time i said i was you know oh i don't believe in prosperity gospel but i really thought you know man i'm a good person my husband's a good person we're doing our best we're serving god we're loving others why would this happen to me and you know of course as things happen then you know while we're dealing with that loss is when a lot of our close friends all start announcing their pregnancies and that was that was really hard. And I'll go into a little bit more later some things we've learned about when you are not the person grieving and you encounter a person in grief. I think hopefully some of those tips will bless you that we learned the hard way. And uh, so anyway, uh, long story short, big period of grieving came. Well, it wasn't it was it was the loss of the child. Absolutely. But secondarily, there was the loss of the dream, yeah. the loss of the the plan, because I mean that losing a child's one thing and that's horrific and that's terrible. Yeah. But also saying, man, this is how I had always envisioned it would happen, and to feel like you got within such a close proximity of your dream coming true of having two yeah. kids and having them close together and feeling like we got it, we were there. And then to feel like it got taken away kind of added to it, for right. me at least, that it was sort of a not just the one grief, but the secondary grief of not just grieving the child, but dre- grieving things aren't going to look like what I had wanted them to look like. Right, right. And, um, you know, I think as a woman, one of the things that I really was burdened by is I I felt like something in my body must be broken and that's why this would have happened. And I, you know, in a sense, I guess that is true. And in another sense, that's just definitely not true. Um, you know, but there was that sense in which I was so fearful that I wouldn't be able to have another child because now that I knew I could lose one, I felt like everything from then on was in jeopardy. And so we got a couple months later, we found out we were pregnant again. And, you know, we were excited, but I think we also were afraid to feel too excited because of the what ifs. Yeah, and, we, it colors it colors 
things Everything. going forward when you've had a loss one time you know you you start thinking subsequently in those same situations through that new lens yeah yeah and so the second time we we told people who we were close to but i don't recall announcing it with the joy the way we had the second pregnancy no we weren't as we weren't as excited it was it was a little bit of that excitement was stolen yeah. right uh, a couple of months later, that we lost that baby as well. And one thing I am glad we did, for those of you who are going through loss or know someone who's lost someone, is we did decide to share that with everybody. We, we figured it was better for people to know where we were at than for us to have to pretend that nothing traumatic had happened to us. And for that, I'm very grateful. Um, Phil's cousin actually had a number of miscarriages as well. And she was the one who gave us that advice. She said of the miscarriages that she had, the ones where she shared with people were a lot easier to grieve than the ones where she kept it to herself and she had to pretend that everything was okay. So I am glad that we did that. And you know, by then I think we heard had heard probably every intention, good-willed intentional comment ever most of which were really harmful and hurtful. And not just harmful and hurtful because they were harmful, but because they were based in a bad theology, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, sometimes I think the, the most well-meaning Christians can be some of the most painful people to be around when you're grieving. And that's just my personal experience. So anyway, uh, then I think, man, it was a, a couple months later, and I think we had even stopped trying. We weren't going to push it or anything. And I was home alone with Timothy. Everyone else was out of the state. And I found out I was pregnant. And oh gosh, I remember calling you and you just, you you weren't even excited. And it was hard because you want to celebrate. And we were both just acutely aware that this could be number three in the saga. Well, yeah, you take yourself high, then you have a further drop <laughs> to go. And that's personality too, I'm sure. But you know what? That third baby, well, four, it was ultimately our fourth baby. He ended up growing and was healthy the whole time. And there wasn't a hitch along the way. He was just good to go. And and that was our second son. And he was born and he's been a go-getter ever since. <laughs> and, you know, I think on days like today where we sit aside, it's, you know, we have made it a practice to set this day aside and remember our children that we lost. Um, you know, you kind of look at it with this grief because of what your life doesn't have and who your life doesn't have, but also just this awe because I look at the child we do have and I can't picture life without him, you know, and it would have been a different child otherwise. So, that's our story in a nutshell. So we're about 50-50. Uh, half of our children are with us. Half of our children are in heaven. And um, just a tangent. Well, this isn't really a tangent because it's related to it. But man, one of the things that helped me was, most was I found this quote that says, God holds you in his hands. I hold you in my heart. And I found that to be tremendously comforting when it comes to the loss of a child. Or really, I suppose, anybody who you've loved. This idea 
the one thing I could stake a claim on that I knew for sure was that my babies were with my Heavenly Father. Because, you know what, we had people say some of the worst things to us out of good intention. But the one thing I knew for certain was that God was good. And even if we didn't always feel it. Even if we didn't feel it. Oh, gosh. And so, you know, I think that was that was really pivotal for me. I don't I don't suppose. Do we want to talk about what people said next or do we want to talk about how we processed? I, I think starting with some of the two of the to me, two difficult things that happened were one were actions and two were words. Okay, that's a good way and to so define first it being separate it. The difficult actions for us were either people started avoiding us on the one hand, so oh, just gosh, feeling yeah. like complete abandonment. Yes. And either because they didn't know what to say or because, as we sometimes feel, they didn't care and it came out in yeah. that moment. And I like to think that people probably just didn't know what to do with us and so they distanced their se- themselves as a result and some close that friends may, though that may or may was... not have been true oh it was so painful so i think for me some of the worst things were it's better this way that was horrible i would have loved you know any child god sends my way i will love and care yeah, for sort so of with the false notion that Something was wrong with them, so for them to be born would have been so terrible, so it's better that they just died now. Yeah, that that wasn't kind. It, so if you know somebody who's grieving or going through this, please don't tell them that. It's better this way, because a parent will love their child even if they haven't met them yet. And even if it was a, a relatively new discovery, um, especially, I think, the longer you go. Another thing that was really hard to hear was that God did this for our best interest. And I think that caused me a lot of struggling and wrestling when I grieved. And I was just really blessed in the whole process because I had um, one Phil (laughs) was with me every step of the way. And you were very compassionate towards me, even though we weren't grieving the same way. And my grief was like scary, ugly grief. I have had a lot of big feelings and I just had to express them because I was, I felt like I was losing it. But I had two people who were just really wonderful who stepped in and besides Phil, um, I had a mentor from uh, actually from my teaching days and she called me every week and would talk to me for hours and I had no question or phrase about God that she was afraid to deal with. And she always let me feel the way I felt and then would kindly and gently and lovingly direct me back to scripture that would clarify or counteract the notions I was getting. So, you know, when I would wrestle with how, you know, God must not love me or he's forgotten me. She would, she would send a scripture my way and say, why don't you reflect on this? And, oh, she was just, she's just one of the most wonderful Christian ladies I've ever met. Um, and just her being present, she was not physically close to me, but that she was willing to spend time and be close to me yeah. and let me feel my feelings without schooling me, 
was was huge because unfortunately I think we're sometimes uncomfortable to confront grief or be close to it and so when we see someone who's grieving we like to make um kind of a little hopeful statement or a little pithy something that makes us feel good like oh we acknowledged it they're gonna be just fine and then walk away and I think those were the kinds of comments that would really dig deep and hurt you know or people would say oh but you'll have another one it's like well (laughs) yes but that doesn't that doesn't take away the grief right and for us at the time it was a yes maybe or people who would who would try to compare to make us feel better and say well at least you have one healthy child so that's good at least you've got one those those sorts of things were just very hard to deal with and then the second person I had was a, a good friend of mine who became a, probably one of my dearest, closest friends through this. And she, again, would just listen to me. She was the person I knew when I was ugly crying, I could call her. And even if it had been like the fourth time that week, she was going to answer that phone and she was going to listen to me, even if I just cried. And um, that was really what I needed. I I don't know if that would have been helpful to you when you were grieving or, you know, maybe you could talk about a little bit while I regroup over here yeah, what, no, your, I mean, what your grief looked like. Because mine was obviously full of emotion, full of feeling. I would lock myself in my craft room for hours and just, man, I sewed like a maniac just trying to like bring feelings of peace by actively doing something and proving that I could make something. And it was a very looking back I just remembered these feelings of like intensity and I didn't know what to do with them so I would just create anything and just dissolve in tears while I did it and I had a wonderful family surrounding me who made that possible I mean you but I don't recall you living that way (laughs) yeah no I mean it definitely came out in things like tears and such later I think in the beginning it was a lot of um kind of being there for you and being when you were sad, I would kind of feel it with you, I think. Yeah, it was hard. I I didn't have people to talk to really at the time, which I think was hard because I think sometimes for the guy, there's a sense of like, well, you're not going through it in the same, you know, it's not as hard for you, right? Oh, that's right. People wouldn't necessarily ask you, did they? I know a lot of people continued to check in on me, but they forgot to continue to check in with you. Right. And I think that was one hard thing. And, um, I think that had it, if it happened today, I would deal with it differently, I think, than I did back then. I think what I did is just distracted myself with things or um, tried to like intellectualize my way through it. So instead of uh, feeling it as deeply, I would cover it with thoughts like, no, I'm okay. I can think my way through this, which might be a typical male thing to do to shove those feelings down. I think how I would deal with it now is is I would sit with it much more openly, I think. I would, especially as I now practice a lot more meditation, a lot more prayer in silence, I think I would take that before God differently. Because mm-hmm. I remember there was one day that was really healing for me as I was practicing meditation, as I just had this sense of, like, I have the two kids with me that I love, but... 
I, I not a vision because I didn't see our children. Like I don't know what they look like. I don't know boy, girl, you know, anything like that. But maybe more just an overwhelming sense that they were with God and and they knew my love for them. <laughs> they knew our love for them. And they just wanted us to know that it was okay, right? That like, because my my biggest fear in it is like, man, they're going to feel abandoned. They're not going to get to know you and me like our kids do, right? Yeah. But there's a sense in which I'm only like a shadow of their real father, <laughs> right? Like, and you're only a shadow of their real mother because God obviously transcends gender, right? He's not really a man or a woman. We're both made in God's image. So there's a sense in which... Our two children's mother and father, their real one, <laughs> is with them. We're like temporary stewards, right? They bypassed the hard part of life. Right. Just and so the th- there was some peace there when I was able to finally sort of sit with it and be like, yeah, you know, the most painful part is I didn't get to know them. And, and, and but there was there was a sense of like, yeah, but that's not going to be forever. And again, th- that's not to say like, oh, again, that didn't just cover the grief. Like, oh, you've got your answer now. But there was right. something just to sort of work through it with yeah. that. And I think what you said is is really the key thing. When when we encounter seasons of grief, it was really for both of us. I think the healing came when we did take time to just be with our grief. And it looked different for both of us. And the timing was different for both of us. And, you know, that's one, one reason I think they say marital uh, difficulties are really common after infant loss. Because... I think it's hard to extend grace to someone who's not processing this the same way you are. And I know there were times for me it looked like you were uncaring because you didn't seem to be wrestling with what I was wrestling with. And in retrospect, I can see it was the timing and it was, you know, our personality differences and how how we go through it. But really that space to grieve was so important for both of us. And the space to wrestle because I think the one of the biggest things for me, me was this realization that through the time of grief, I really came to know God intimately in a different way than I had previously. Uh, but it was not necessarily a comfortable, beautiful way. There was a, a lot of question asking and a lot of me shaking my fist at God, you know, kind of like David does in the Psalms. And that's one thing I think you were really great at is is saying, well, like, David felt these things, go for it. And I, I felt rage and anger and I was jealous and it wasn't always pretty. But by being allowed to feel those things and having you and a few trusted friends who could hear me say those things and not then define me by my wrestling, but say, you are a child of God. You do know this to be true. You will come to a place of peace. You just have to walk through this journey first was tremendously significant for being able to heal and not carry it for so long, so deep. Well, that's why I always tell people now when someone loses a family member or they go through through some really difficult trauma, is just really encouraging them to say, take the intentional time to grieve. Don't try to think because you're a believer that you just need to be better tomorrow. Don't think right. that you're going to feel love for God right now. Right. Emotions can be deceptive in that way. So it's like, 
this is where wisdom comes in, right? On the one hand, you want to really feel your emotions and enter into them. And on the other hand, you don't want the emotion of I'm angry at God to now say, well, now I don't believe in God. I'm leaving, right? There's like, there's that... There's that space in between. And I think that's what we walk through together is to say, you know what, God, we're angry. We don't get it, but we're going to keep taking that anger and not getting it to you. Right. right? We're not going to turn to alcohol. We're not going to turn to gambling or other things, but we're going to sit in it. And I think feeling that grief is important. And I think we're invited to feel it in God's presence because Mm -hmm. like some people said, well, this was just God's plan as if God's okay with it. I actually think every time we were weeping about it, God was weeping about it. Like God's, you know time on the cross when he says you know my god my god why have you forsaken me for all times says that when we're going through grief jesus says me too like i'm in this with you and that to me is some of the comfort of god is that god never leaves us nor forsakes us nothing can separate us from his love even if we're not feeling it even if we're not hearing it from god i mean i just read that the longest recorded dark night of the soul was Mother Teresa, who for like 50 years said, wasn't sensing, you know, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but this sense of disconnection from God. But she never allowed that sort of emotion, that feeling to then say, well, God has abandoned me, right? Mm -hmm. So we sit with it. And I think that sort of leads into one of the key things about how do we sit with people in grief? Because again, some people just abandoned us, which is almost more painful than the people who said the wrong things. Yeah. But better than, than even saying the wrong things is just sitting with somebody. That's right. Like that's, I love that in Job, his friends come and it says they sat with him for like seven days. And I wish the book would have just ended there because the next like 20 something chapters of them grilling him was where they went off the rails when they tried to start giving answers and solve it. Right. Whereas just sitting with him, hearing his pain entering into it with him was truly the best thing they could have done. And I think God does that with us. Absolutely. And that reminds me of a, you know, a couple other things that were perhaps poorly phrased, but a a miscarriage or infant loss is not a sign that you've done something wrong and you're being judged or punished. It is not a sign that this is how God is choosing to bless you. And while it's true that God can use our difficult things as blessings in the future once we've gone through our grief, it is not for the purpose of being a blessing in the future. That was, I think ultimately where I came to was when I wrestled with the why and the why me, and I was... You know, I had worked hard to be really perfect at a lot of this stuff. So why in the world? Like I was a perfect pregnant person, right? Like I did not break any of the pregnancy rules <laughs> because mm-hmm. I did not want something bad to happen. And, you know, I was a good Christian and I, I was faithful and I was following God. And and yet this happened. And when I could finally accept that it wasn't me, it wasn't Phil, it was that we live in a broken, sinful world. And unfortunately, death, and especially I think the loss of a child, is absolutely not how things are created to work. And when you can put it in its proper place and see that it is yet another sign of the brokenness of the world, and your story is now linked up with the stories of others who have suffered and who have gone through deep grief, 
you realize that God is still at work despite the bad things happening and he's desiring the good things to happen. So that's, you know. And that was one of the main things I think that you sort of came to through your wrestling, through sharing your anger, Mm -hmm. was a continued relationship with God. Even though it looked more different, more different, even (laughs) though it looked maybe messier, maybe there was more mystery involved. It was actually maybe a closer relationship then. I definitely think my faith took a deeper journey than it had before. But, you know, prior to this, I don't know that I had ever had real grief or suffering on this level. I had lost some a couple grandparents, but I hadn't, you know, you kind of expect that right? Like you, you hope they live as long as possible and you get to have them in your life for as long as possible, but it's not a, a surprising notion all the time that the older generation passes away. That's how, that's how the world works. I think it was shocking to have a bad thing happen to me. And I just, I just needed to duke it out. And like Phil said, you know, the, the people who, could just sit with me and they didn't pretend I mean man my one friend she didn't even pretend to have answers she literally would just answer the phone and let me cry and uh that was pretty much the conversation and then when I was all worn out she'd say hey I love you hope it gets better and uh I'm here next time you need to call that was that was pretty much what she did for me and she was another long distance friend. She wasn't physically close. I I did not have many physically close people uh, who were willing to go this journey with me. Um aside from family. I think our family was pretty great uh, with it. But I also think that one thing that drew some of our closest friends away at that time was their fear to share their joys because we were in such a place of sorrow. And so if I could share any wisdom today with how to engage people who are deeply grieving, I think that I would encourage you to be genuine about what you are going through. So if you are present with a person and you have a great joy or blessing come your way, it's okay to share it. You know, again, my friend that I just ugly cried on the phone to, she ended up getting great news while I was grieving, and it was about a baby being, you know, born in her family. And I remember her fear in telling me because she was worried it would hurt me. And yet I think in contrast to the people who just kind of stepped out of our life, because they had happy news and they distanced themselves because she was willing to be with me through so much of the grief it hurt but it was it wasn't me hurt by her it was me wrestling with God again saying they were able to conceive a baby and they're getting to get to have their baby and I didn't want this story and I think that was another big thing I wrestled with I didn't want this story this isn't what I pick everything up till now I've kind of picked you know this is my life's gone the way I wanted it to go and this is not what I wrote into my story in my future this is not my happy ending I don't want this to be stuck with me forever and so her sharing her joy was hard but it wasn't a personal hard 
it was something that did make me look beyond myself. It did make me question a little bit more, but because I was questioning and going to the Lord, that wasn't a bad thing. It was just part of that journey of making sense of everything. So that was huge. And the other the other friend who just really was terrific was I had another friend who would write me cards. And I still have the card she sent me because it started, the front of the card said, I can't imagine what you are going through. And I remember just seeing the front of the card and losing it because, but in a good way, because it was, it was like she wasn't even pretending. She came with no pretense. There was no, hey, I've got the answer. Like, girl, we're going to fix you up here. It was literally, she sent me a card that said, I can't fathom what you're going through. All I can tell you is that you are going to have an amazing testimony when you come out the other side. Let me know whenever you want to talk. And that was, you know, so I think it was just really powerful at the time, but also clear for going forward now when that, when somebody is in grief or struggling with something, sometimes the best thing to say is I cannot imagine what you are going through, nor do I ever wish to, (laughs) Um, nor do I have answers for you. And, and that humility was really, you know, it's so much better than people who say, oh yeah, this is really tough. Or I can, I can imagine this would be really like, if you, unless you've walked through it and then, then share, because that was also helpful to have people around us who said, hey, you didn't know this, but I lost a child or I've had three miscarriages or and all of a sudden it became a community of other women other families I should say who had also walked this journey that we just were totally unaware of and hearing their story and seeing that they were what I had previously perceived to be as whole complete beautiful families gave me a lot of hope that my family would be a whole complete family whatever that looks like, you know, to every person, you know. So I guess that would be my takeaway. If you've experienced a loss, share it with other people because that normalizes the experience and can provide someone a lot of hope because you are then a living testimony that they will survive this. And especially if you survive this and you're still with your significant other, your spouse, that is powerful. If you don't have a loss like this, don't pretend. It's okay to say, I cannot imagine, but I'm so proud of you for wrestling your way through this because it has got to hurt like none other. And just be willing to be with a person. You don't have to have words to say. I imagine looking back, it one of the things that did us a lot of good was Phil's parents took over a lot of our cooking at that season. And that was huge because I wasn't in a frame of mind to, you know, you think about new parents and how lost they are. And then I didn't have a baby to care for yet. I was just so emotionally lost. I wasn't able to take care of us kind of that way. So, you know, if someone's experienced a loss, sitting with them, make them a meal, just go out of your way to show that you're there. And 
the last thing I would say, my last word of advice would be to continue to ask them how they are doing. Because what we found was when people stopped asking us, it felt so harsh and unloving. And I'm sure that they were trying to be sensitive to us and that we were grieving. But the truth is, for the longest time, there wasn't a day or a moment when I wasn't thinking about that baby. And so if someone had brought it up, it was a comfort that somebody recognized my place of grief. It, was, it wouldn't have caused me pain because I was already thinking about them. So don't be afraid to engage a person, especially if they look like they're having a good day. It's better to say, hey, how are you doing? And they can say, I'm having a good day, but it has been really tough. Or they can say, oh, I'm a mess. I'm just pretending. Or they can say whatever they want to tell you. To show you care, keep asking. So anyway, I think hopefully that was no, some wisdom. Thank you. And to that, I would add just to have grace for one another in relationships when people are grieving. Mm-hmm. Because people grieve in different ways. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that they're not grieving or don't care. Mm-hmm. See it in a different in a different way. Give give people space and allow time. I mean, as you can tell, you know, talking about it still isn't the easiest thing sometimes for us, and it may never be. And so that doesn't mean you're not a believer. It doesn't mean you're less of a Christian because you struggle. In fact, struggling is is part of it because we know that things are not how they're meant to be. Yeah, and, and so it's a sign you've loved well. Right. And, and the one promise I can promise you is, even when you don't feel it, God will never forsake you, never abandon you, that God loves you, God is with you, and there's other people with you, even if you don't feel it. Hey, shoot us a message. If you know us and you need to talk, call us. If you don't know us, or you can email us on our website, you can shoot us a message on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm on there all the time. I'll respond almost right away many times. You're not alone. You can share what you've been through, we can share what, we, what we've been through, but you're not alone with it. But give yourself grace, continue to take it to God. God can take whatever it is. Oh, no guys, matter. God was able to take so much. And I can tell you with complete confidence that I am still loved by God. And there was so much grace in his response back to me. <laughs> and Trust me when I say the words that came out of my mouth were not all nice Christian praises of how great God was. I had, you know, it was, but he was able to take it and with his grace and mercy, continue to extend love to me until I was able to see and feel it back. So it's worth the struggle and uh, don't be scared by it because you're not alone in wrestling with those things. Absolutely. So brothers and sisters, grieve well. So whether you've been through a pain or a trauma or you're in the midst of one now or you don't yet know that there's one on the horizon, take that space, give yourself mercy and grace, receive God's love, find that community. And if there's someone around you grieving, sit with them, let them know they're not alone. Speak truth tenderly and kindly when the opportunity presents itself. We love you guys. We're grateful for you. 
Uh, Thank you for listening to our story. We pray that in some way it was a blessing to you or an encouragement or a challenge. And as you continue through this month, let's remember those who have lost and let's keep turning to the one who loves us, our, our mother, our father in heaven, who will never leave us or forsake us. Grace and peace be with you.